Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of RC Weekly. My name is Ruben Spolter. I'm here with Rabbi Johnny Solomon and Rabbi Malibrowski. And today we're going to talk about the challenge of living in an aesthetically driven world, trying to have real conversations, talk about real issues, to educate about real ideas in a world that focuses very often on externals, on, uh, on the visual, on the aesthetic. And uh, I'll start because um, this, uh, this whole topic uh, came to my mind, it was at the forefront of my mind, because, because of, a, of, a, of a, a photo shoot, as it were, on Nashi Magazine, in Nashi Magazine that's published by Makori Shon. Um, Makori Shon is the regular newspaper, the really designed newspaper. Nashi Magazine is, I don't know how you describe it, it's kind of like fashion magazine for modern Orthodox women that has articles and recipes. It's not a Fermi magazine by any stretch, but it's like, you know, I, 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 would, I don't even know how to describe it. You all can help me if you want. Okay, but there was a beautiful article on two women who, uh, two women who I happen to know from Orator Stone, Shira Mervis and Hamital uh, Shoval, who happen to, they, they give a weekly DAF video log, like a, da, a you know, DAF log on the DAF Yomi once a week. It shows them learning vlog, together. Vlog. You didn't know that? That's where it started from. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and, uh, and, and they were featured in Nashi Magazine. The thing, though, that caught my attention, though, was it wasn't that they were featured in the Shee magazine, but there was a photo shoot of them um, on, uh, of them, you know, uh, getting dressed for young tip. It was totally Tanua. They're not, not a show of Tanua at all. But the idea was that here you have these educators who were, who were being promoted for their, for their contribution as female Torah teachers, but nonetheless... They, in order to, in order to promote the, the values that they held dear, they, they, I don't know if they had to or they wanted to, but the, the understanding was that there was a photo shoot of them in Yantif clothes. And, and it bothered me, and I, I reached out to them about it, because I feel like these women are scholars and intelligent and have a lot to, to say and a lot to add. And yet, they felt compelled in order to promote their message. They were coerced, in a sense, to do so in, with an external way. Now, of course, in the article that they that they they spoke about the Torah learning and important women learn events Torah learning for women, but this raises the issue to me, which I think is worthwhile discussing. Uh, it's something that all of us struggle with. I'm trying myself to develop an online learning program to promote the, the learning of uh, Mishnah Yomit, of learning Mishnah every day. I've been doing it for a number of years, any number of years, and whenever I post something on Facebook. So it, it will never, ever get as many likes or enjoyment or whatever as, I don't know, a cute cat or a funny video or somebody cracking an egg on somebody's head. I showed that one. That was funny. Okay, but like it'll, 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 never, it'll, never, it'll never get that. I don't care how, many, how amazing the mission is and how much it'll blow your mind away. It will never get there. I know, Johnny, also, you produce a tremendous amount of Torah on the internet. So I'm, I'm going to throw it to you. How do you... Feel about the idea of trying to struggle to promote ideas, to promote Torah, to promote real learning in an environment, in a social media environment. We haven't even talked about Instagram. I don't know what TikTok is. I've never seen what's the other one, um, Snapchat. Like, these are like, like I, I know, okay, geezer, but it's okay. Nonetheless, like, how do you, how are you addressing the challenge of teaching Torah, teaching eternal values? 
in an aesthetically driven society and especially via aesthetically driven media. Okay, thanks for the question. I think it's a really important uh, conversation. Uh, as you say, I, I write quite a bit on, on Facebook, Dafumi posts ideas to do with the uh, Chagim, Parasha, whatever. Um, uh, personally, I take the view that technology is a gift to share ideas. And in fact, I believe we have a responsibility to use that gift to make a difference to the world, to reach people who perhaps aren't in the physical Bet Midrash, but they're in the marketplace. And using that means that I perhaps, and others of course as well, can share ideas and communicate with people and engage in some kind of meaningful dialogue. But every social media platform has obviously its pros and cons. Uh, the point of this session isn't necessarily to particularly distinguish between each. But I can tell you that Facebook broadly works for me because I write ideas in words. Intermittently, I'll post uh, a video. Um, for me, I'm much more of a writer person than a video person. I know other people prefer the other way around, and that's great. Basically, different people have different skill sets. Um, whereas uh, other platforms like Instagram, although I, I, I kind of initially thought maybe that's a realm to get into, I found that it was so image-driven that it thwarted, it undermined, it just conflicted with the kind of things I wanted to say. That doesn't mean there aren't great people who are harnessing that platform to share ideas in that way. But it does mean that platform doesn't work with the ideas I want to share. And if I wanted to, I'd feel I'd be compromising in a significant way the quality, the messaging, the tone, shall we say, the integrity of the ideas that I think are deserving to be shared on these platforms. Wait, Johnny, I want to push back a little bit. You mentioned Instagram. Do you know of anyone that's actually educating or, or conducting real conversations on Instagram? And I'll ask you another question. Uh, the, the other one that's very popular, of course, is Twitter. And I was on Twitter for a little while and then just had to get off because it, 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 it got so toxic. And it just seemed to me that you could never, ever have a serious conversation on Twitter because it always, it always, always, this is not an aesthetic, but it always devolved into, you know, who could be most snarky, most snide, most clever in the, in the least amount of, in the least amount of, of you know, of space. Haraya, President of the United States. President of the United States is a Twitter genius. Now, there are no significant debates going on on Twitter by the President of the United States. But that, has, that is not, he, he understands. He gets the medium. He just, he owns it because... It's not about having a debate. It's about winning the debate. How do you do that when you're trying to... So have you seen serious serious discussions on Instagram, serious topics being addressed, or it's just like aesthetic, nice, whatever? And also, can you address uh, Twitter? Okay, so I, as I said, I don't really use uh, Instagram. I initially kind of thought maybe it was a field I'd go into, and I've chosen not to do so. It, it's, it's hard for me to come on. I think there are some people who post videos, thoughtful videos about things which are relevant to their lives with some kind of Jewish values, and those who are capable of communicating ideas in a way that, that grabs the attention of viewers, uh, you know, you know, good for them. That's something that they can do that I don't do so well, so I, I genuinely, I wish them well. In terms of Twitter, um, my, my understanding is, it's, it's, it, as you say, it's a quite a toxic environment, but, but Gadol, no matter what uh, uh, social media platform you choose to use, my feeling is, 
very social media doesn't provide for much nuance, at least in the back and forth of conversation. And that few, if any, people have had their p opinions persuaded on those kind of conversations on social media. So what I do is I try and share an idea. Uh, try and share an idea which is neither toxic nor is like a red, you know, rag to a bull that will then lead a whole bunch of people to off their opinions. That means there are a certain bunch of ideas that I choose not to talk about. I choose not to talk about politics. I'm not a politician. I don't think I have much to say. And if I did, I wouldn't do it on social media. That's not where the meaningful conversations happen. I share ideas and I think over time, if you have a certain followership, people respect you in the way that you respect them and you can have something like some meaningful contact. I agree though, in the back and forth of Twitter, um, I, I just all I just see is just hot air uh, in, as you say, this, this endeavor of winning. And that's why I, it's something which I find quite distasteful. Okay, so first of all, I, I, I just remembered as we were talking that years ago I was on a panel about something called edutainment, which was essentially this, mm -hmm. um, this sense among educators that we had to entertain our students rather than just educate the, our students. I don't remember what I said, um, but um, I, I feel like it was something along the lines of what Johnny was saying, which is um, finding the balance between using a medium in a positive and healthy way, not never looking down on your students, but at the same time, um, I would say offering them more. I remember Rebecca Carmi quoted, I think it may have been the Hespade for Lichtenstein, but I don't remember exactly what, what the context was, but he quoted Lichtenstein's educational philosophy, and he said, he always um, educated to the, like, to the top level that his students could reach, and maybe even higher than they could reach, but he was never disappointed, and he never condescended or looked down on them if they couldn't reach that bar. And I thought that was like a brilliant way to kind of encapsulate what one should, should be doing when one educates, right? So like, I, I think I, I'm, there's more to say, but I think Johnny said it very nicely about how you can take a medium and use it positively. Um, and by the way, just to, to fill that in, you asked, is anybody using Instagram? Well, interestingly, my impression is, again, I'm not on Instagram or Twitter. My impression is there's a niche there that actually people are using for finding their voices there, which is apparently from women, meaning yes, yeshivish women, right? Who like their faces are not allowed in their magazines. Um, there, there are a lot of I don't know exactly you know what other medium they're 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 barred from or not barred from, but they're finding their, a space for themselves, whether it's cooking, whether it's fashion, uh, and I'm sure there are other areas that are um, you know of of more educationally substantive um, content. But they're apparently... Well, that's exactly my question. I'm all in favor of sharing yeah. cooking and whatever on I'm Instagram. Well, that's fine. It's, it's a gift. And, and expression is all fine. For, women, for women to, fa to find their voices and to be seen. And to, fi and to, and to, and to again, to grow their brands, to raise money, to raise their profile, um, to become known and... and um, and looked up to within their worlds. Now, you're, you're, uh, you know, again, like... You know, you could say we want women to be to be looked at and all kinds of things, but but like, given the assumption that you're going to have all different models of what from Jewish women do and are interested in, the fact that that you're giving space for women to to express themselves and their creativity, I think that's very positive. Again, I'm not I'm not I'm not against that in any way at all. But that is not what we're talking about. We're talking it, it only yes. highlights what we're talking about. Right. So I'm saying that's a value. Now the other thing in terms of content, it actually is an interesting phenomenon that's happening. Um, which is 
Um, you, first of all, I want to say that I, I generally have negative feelings about social media. I, I, I found this quote today. Every gingerbread house has a witch inside it that devours children. And that's all you need to know about social media. So I thought that was brilliant, right? Meaning this idea that it's so appealing. It's a gingerbread house. It's so attractive and it's all pretty on the outside and it's candy, right? It's like um, attractive and glittery and sweet and instant gratification. But if you get sucked in there, it has the potential to devour you. So I, I definitely am sympathetic to that danger. And I think the major danger there is what Johnny said about simplicity and lack of nuance and uh, sound bites and divisiveness um, and and about clickbait and, and and all of that stuff. But I do want to say that there is there is it is it is known that there is a parallel process that's going on on YouTube, which is that the mainstream media, as we know it, um, you know, the net, network news, network television is dying. Right. We know that like um, print media is dying. It's being filled by a niche on YouTube. And what, what there are YouTubers who are discovering that if they actually give their um, their viewers or their listeners substance, people are actually interested, right? Meaning, meaning from, from, from people who are, let's say, not so sophisticated, like you all, I, I assume you guys all know that Joe Rogan just made this $10 million, I think it was, deal with... 100, 100. Okay, oh, we talked about it last week, right? 100 million, right? He came from YouTube, right? So... Oh, by the way, people approached me, I got one application for this. Oh, time. good, well... I don't think we're so choosy. I think we'll take anybody, right? But somebody like Joe wrote, but this, this idea of a long form interview, right? So you can have things as simplistic as, you know, people talking about, um, I, I don't know, trivial things or political things, but that you, you can really find deep, meaningful, substantive lectures on YouTube. And people are actually listening. They're actually tuning in. They're tuning into long form interviews. And, and it actually is happening. That's not what you were asking about. You were asking about, about, Twitter and Instagram. But what I'm saying is, it's like, you know, it's so easy to kind of critique and say, oh, our society, our instant gratification. But the truth is, it goes back to the Rav Lichtenstein point. It seems to be that if you don't look down on people and if you actually offer them depth and substance, there's, there's a large group of people. It's like, you know, if you, if, you, if you put the bar in a place that's high and respectful and sophisticated, well, you'd be surprised how many people actually go for that bar. See, it's interesting. I teach over YouTube, and one of the, that's actually quite inspiring to me because one of the things that I I fear, and this I'm sharing is I feared originally is that normally when people sit in front of a screen in front of YouTube, they want to be entertained, and, and when you want to be entertained and you call it entertainment, you don't you're not when you sit in front when you when you turn on Netflix, you are not asking yourself to be engaged intellectually. You're asking. Well, what I want you to do now, Mr. Screen, is entertain me while I turn my brain off. And there is something that's encouraging about the fact that people are using, they're getting more accustomed to learning over the internet. And, and that, that hopefully that trend, like you said, is changing in a way that people are okay with listening to an, an in-depth lecture or a more complex idea. And they don't, they're not necessarily turning their brains off. And I think it but might actually that's be when a new revolution. It, because it's interesting. Right. I definitely think that the Zoom phenomenon, the Zoom phenomenon and learning online and using our screens in that way, you know, like we're learning to sit in front of a screen and study. It, it took me a long time to do that, you know, in university and what have you, you know, because I was used to learning in books and to us, learning is much more book oriented. I still am more comfortable with a safer in my hand than, um, than, you know, than learning on, on the screen. 
Some people are, are, are different. But we're not talking about that. We're talking about competing in an arena, competing with ideas, in a sense, in an arena of fashion. Like, you know, go, like, you know, do me a favor. We're going to, like, I'm going to print an article in GQ magazine on philosophy. Okay? Like, how many people are going to, you know, sit down and, you're not, you're not doing it in the Atlantic. You're not doing it in the New Yorker where people go for long form. And even those, like, those magazines have survived. Some of them are still well. But, you know, even the, the newspapers of yesterday, the New York Times, used to have long articles, in-depth articles. Now it's a website. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's all it is. And who's going to read to the bottom of a long article? It's not, a scientist will tell you that the medium is not like, you know what I'm saying? Like you could write an article, a 5,000 word article online. No one's going to read it because you just, you can't read a long thing. You just can't do it. You can't scroll down. It's too, it's too much of a pain in the neck. It's not like a newspaper. So that being said, maybe I'll ask it in this way. You know, Johnny, you and I, you are definitely a person of deep substance and great thinking. Have you found yourself needing to, to change, not necessarily your message, but your method in order to compete in an, in an arena where you just can't spend the time and the energy to develop a long idea? And I can tell you this. You know, I know a lot of people that post, if they're posting more than like 500, I'm not reading a long Facebook post. I just, you know, okay, that Facebook is not about that. So have, have you find yourself doing that? And if not, or if so, how? Right. Uh, so I'd like to address two points. Let's start with that one, which is important. I mean, I, I use Facebook to share ideas, to engage people, hopefully to give them chizuk, to uplift them, to, to enrich their Jewish education, right? Let's be perfectly clear. I'm lucky enough to have had a, a fairly uh, good Jewish education. A lot of people haven't. And actually, they appreciate the, the fact that somebody's prepared to share nuanced Jewish ideas in a way that which is still within uh, reason, uh, reasonable... Uh, you know, sufficiently uh, able to be digested. I mean, it's not too long, not too short. Mm -hmm. I don't post my longest shirim or my most nuanced halachic reasoning on Facebook. It's it's a wrong platform for it. I'm not I'm not using Facebook to share all my ideas. It's just there's certain ideas which are sufficiently suitable, which I think are sufficiently beneficial, and I say that's right. Uh, and uh, if I feel that there would be a mismatch, but truth be told, even you can experiment. I've done it before. The fact is, nobody will respond, which is, which is fine. You may well say it's nishma, but it, it's purposeless. So <laughs> I share ideas for which the audience, I hope, appreciates, which I feel can enrich their feed on a daily basis. Which I feel, if I think that it's not going to enrich them, but instead confuse them, distract them. Uh, or, or agitate them, then I've done a disservice to, shall we say, my mission. Uh, but there's a second point, um, which I know we've kind of alluded to, but not in, uh, directly. And, and this is the kind of sense where I at times feel uncomfortable. You see, I, I hope I'm trying to do this uh, broadly for, for good intentions. Nevertheless, none of us can p uh, deny the fact that sometimes we appreciate feedback. We appreciate, uh, you know, positive comments, etc. And balancing the 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 opportunity to share Torah in this marketplace called social media, and yet not using Torah as a kardom lachforba, that's that's to my mind one of the most uh, worrying things, and and that's something that I constantly wrestle with. Uh, I hope, in the most part, I find myself on the on the right side of the line. I am blessed though, which is if I if I do overstep things. I have some friends who will say, Johnny, what on earth are you doing? 
Like, so there's been probably in my entire lifetime one or two Facebook posts where some friends have said, Johnny, you overdid it there, or, or you were out, or you you were misinformed. But and I don't get defensive. I get appreciative that I have people who can put me in my place, and that hopefully helps me maintain that alignment. But nevertheless, it's a it's a perpetual struggle about wishing to share without basically, it's not just going to your head, but without it being all about the razzmatazz, shall we say, which often is expressed in the world of social media. So Molly, I want to pick up on exactly what Johnny said by sharing with you a story. My son came home from Yeshiva and, um, and we asked him what we had. A, he had a, he had a, a shiur, a sikha with one of his rami, I don't remember what it was. And he said, I said, what was the topic? He said, the topic was, Hatsinea lechet imelohecha. And uh, I said, what did you learn? He said, what I learned was, it has nothing to do with what you wear, and it has nothing to do with being a woman. And I was like, wow. That's, like, I, was, I, was, I was really very impressed with that. And it made me think very much about what Johnny just said, that, that, this, I, that essential to social media, essential to it, in, in its very essence, is self-promotion. And the antithesis of Hatsune Alechek. And I'll be the first to admit that there's like, you know, like, and they've done studies about the rush of how many likes you got and whether it's liked or not liked. And, and again, here we have a, a tool, forget the aesthetic part, whose underlying values, in a sense, contradict the eternal values which we hold dear. So, and it goes back to my Nashi magazine. But we still use it to teach Torah because that's where everybody is. Yeah. On the one hand, you can't abandon it because that's where everybody is. But on the other hand, in a sense, you're, you're, you're trying to use a tool to achieve a goal where the tool itself is built not to, to, to do the opposite of achieving that goal. Right. So how do we do it? Right. Solve me that problem. If yeah. you can, <laughs> I, <laughs> First of all, um, I, as I said to you in the beginning, since you once in a very, 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 it was even our first podcast, said something about social media that I've never forgotten and that I've used. I've quoted your analogy. Um, you said, people always say that social media is a tool and it depends on how it's used. Um, but you said, when you use a tool, you have to know what the tool is meant, to, meant, meant for, right? You're not going to use a fork to dig a tunnel. That would be a, like a poor use of that tool. So we have to understand what social media is meant for as a tool, and you're 100% right. It's meant for... Um, self-promotion, it's meant for, um, again, I would say extremities, it, it, it's, meant to, it's meant to generate clicks, right? It's meant to get that, do that dopamine rush, and that's, that's how it's built. It's actually meant to make money for the people, for the platforms, that's what it's really meant for. <laughs> that's true. It's, it's true. Um, so therefore... I was, I, I, I often, I wish, like there's such a thing as, as internal social media, so not, not Facebook, but there's like off-brand social media that are dedicated to specific things. There's one dedicated to like crafts. My brother used to work at this place called The Home Talk. And so you'd go on their website and all the people were talking about is crafts. And I was wondering, why isn't there a social media for Torah, for learning, not a Facebook group? The problem with the Facebook group is as great as it is, you're still like in the mall of whatever it is, you have this little store where you can go do your thing. Well, I, but I digress. I'm sorry. I interrupted you. Anyway, so no, so I, I agree with you, but I, I think that you're still right, and Johnny's still right, that like we can't just abandon this tool 
Um, but I think Johnny said two things that are really right and, and I think really wise. The first thing he said was you have to understand the tool, and it kind of builds on what you said, right? And, and Johnny kind of said that when he said, like, this is what I'm, he, he's very clear about, if I understand you correctly, Johnny, about how you're using it. It's like, I want to give people some inspiration. I want to give them some information. I, but I, I don't want to leave them, I don't remember what you said, confused or, or like... Um, Agitated. I'm not here to create waves. Right. I'm here to share ideas. Uh, and uh, obviously it leads to further conversation, but it's not about having a long thread of, of argument. Right. Wait, 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 wait. Johnny, you understand that the very algorithm of Facebook will not, therefore not show your post to most people because you're not, the, the, the way it works, and this I can tell you is because you're not generating immediate clicks, Facebook assumes that it's not interesting enough to show to most people and therefore most people won't see your Torah as opposed to uh, a person that I know who is very active on Facebook and very successful at it, he will deliberately say things to agitate people in order to have his ideas out in front of other people. Right, so you, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that your very non-combative nature is preventing you from teaching Torah. But that's, no, so that's where I would, that's where I'd say Johnny's second point is, is that he's not selling his soul to the devil for this medium, right? And I think there's like a, a sni'ut, and you said it yourself, it's like, lechet, like I on the prize, like, who am I doing this for, right? Am I doing this for myself, for my own self-aggrandizement, for my own uh, popularity, for my own even, let's say, um, which is not an, necessarily a, po a prob problem, but like for my own um, parnasa, right? Or am I doing this because I, I, I want to be in service to something else or to someone else? And I think that, that that's what Johnny said. He said, I, I keep in my mind, right, I'm able to maintain my authenticity and my integrity because I keep in my mind that I'm doing this in service of someone else, which is what I think is your hatsnei alecha. And I think that's very hard um, if, if we want to keep that. It does mean, and this is, how, this is what I say to myself, like, it means, I agree with you, like, maybe there are, this I also remember this conversation I once had with a supervisor, a social work supervisor. He, he made me like, he was the first time I ever had to like grade myself was like, here, I, I'm evaluating you, now you evaluate yourself. I'm like, I can't evaluate myself. I can't say that I'm good at something. He's like, no, you have to know to be able to say that you're good at something. So I was like, you know, Rav Luchenstein, again, it's funny that I'm coming back to Rav Luchenstein today. <laughs> I never said that he was good at anything. So he looked at me and goes, okay, you're not Rav Luchenstein. Right? <laughs> I was like, oh. And by the way, I'm sure Rav Luchenstein knew what he was, he was it very good be. at. Anything. It could be. Yeah, but no, no, I... If you've ever heard him speak, he knew exactly what he was doing, and he knew what he knew what he was doing. Could be. So, but I'm saying, Mela, right? If you're of Liechtenstein, maybe you can just be substance and not have to think at all about, um, as you, it's coming back to the beginning of the conversation, presentation and and being appealing and 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 what works and what doesn't and 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 how to and how to present yourself in the way that's going to be most attractive to people. But we're not of Liechtenstein, so. And again, maybe he himself actually also was aware. He, he was quite a savvy fellow. But but if we're going to... Uh, I'm sorry, i got to go back to our listening scene. I heard many a time where he would use baseball analogies because he felt, you know what I'm saying? So if he's yeah, just substance... But he, I think he believed that, that was substance. But, I think that he believed that that was his... Or a way of conveying... A way of conveying his message in a way that people would appreciate... And he knew that people loved it. He knew the guys loved it. Yeah. Except for the Israelis who didn't understand it. But whatever. Whatever. I'm, I'm just saying, like, I think it's, 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 we should aim for the best, right? We should aim for the highest, which I think Johnny really, like, described in a very beautiful way. Like, 
my my goal should be to to be serving others and i should remember my place right that's like when you said like when you get a little bit out of the place of like service of others and you you as my kids say afalatsmacha right you kind of like how would you translate that like you you're flying in your own awesomeness yeah like to, to come okay i'm going to push back i'm going to push back because uh, on the one hand I, i i completely agree with you i completely agree with you that that you, you know as long as you're like in service of you know i'm trying to teach mishnah online and right now like, one of the things i'm not working on is less the token but more the branding you know that people are not excited about something there it could be the best token in the world but they're just not going to study it that being said and my experience the people that build great things like think about the people rab lechazin he was able to sit in the base medrash and do what he did but the people that in today's day and age that i know most of them that build great organizations that 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 achieve great things i don't want to say in a negative way but they're afalatsma like they yeah. it, like you know okay, i was so i was hearing like this, a, a, i was, was hearing this political political talk uh it was like a political gap fest like a podcast i listened to and they were talking about the fact that that um some controversy about the american secretary of state and is he using his residence in order to promote his own political goals and one of the guys said That's all, that's okay. Like the, the framers of the constitution understood that there was going to be some level of self-ambition that, that you don't want someone with no ambition whatsoever. And so like there there's a like Moshe Rabbeinu was his, was so great because he was anavi kol adam like we because everybody after that there was there was always some level of self-promotion, self-fulfillment and that's what works today. The people that are self-promoters They're the people that draw the, the attention. They're the people that draw the support. They're the people that draw excitement. And people want to be excited about great leaders. It's a very it's a very complicated uh, dy- dynamic, I think. It to is. me it is. I, I think that that bikhlal first of all anava does not mean um self-effacing. Anava means um completely confidence in your own abilities. Meaning the opposite of of haughtiness is not humility. The opposite of haughtiness is insecurity, and those are they're, they're two sides of the same coin, right? Meaning in both cases, the person needs to get their self gratification from from outside of themselves. A person who's completely secure in their own value and their own worth doesn't need to be either afalatsmo or um, is not putting themselves down. And I think that's what Moshe Rabbeinu was able to do. And I think that's what we're all striving for. But I agree with you that there's a real issue, which is that most humans are not able to do that. And that, therefore, in reality, and that it's true that most leaders have a healthy dose of ego. Um, and, and, and they do have a, all of those, the things that come with ego and ambition that, that I'm talking about trying to avoid. I, 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 maybe, again, I'm going to turn to Johnny for the answer. I have to tell you, the leaders that I know, the leaders that I know have that achieve great things, they use their ego for it. I'm not, I'm not saying in a critical way. I know. Without that ego, they would never achieve the things right. that they achieve. Okay, but I, I don't, but I couldn't do... I, right, I, I'm, I'm bad at it too. I find like, certain things about that problem. I, I, I couldn't do that without falling into an ethical, um, without, be, without feeling, without, I couldn't do it in a, in a healthy way. So maybe others can, but I haven't figured out for myself how one does that. Maybe one of you has an answer for me, because I, 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 I think it's a real, like again, I understand that Moshe Rabbeinu could do that, and maybe there are like a few great men who you could point to in history who, who, who were able to hold that, 
But most people, like, it's not like that. So I, I happen to think that if you look at like the basic Hilchot Melachin, Hilchot Melech, are exactly about that. Yeah. I mean, all these things, like, the Melech has to be the Melech. But he has to have safeguards in order to prevent him from... He has to like realize Johnny, he's you, a conduit for God. But let's hear what Johnny has to say. Yeah, Johnny. Being, uh, enough, what, enough. What, I've got something to say. Listen, you know, the Medrash says, you know, without the Yetzirah, we wouldn't marry, we wouldn't build a house, you know, we wouldn't create a business. A person needs a certain drive to be productive, to be industrious, right? Uh, and we validate that, and we, we don't deny that. I think we've spoken about that kind of theme on a number of occasions on the show. So uh, to to claim that none of us, uh, you know, have an ego, I think is foolish. Uh, we do have desires of, of uh, achieving certain things, of uh, both for others as well as for ourselves, and that's to be recognized, acknowledged, maybe even praised. The question is, at what cost? That's really what we're trying to figure out. If it comes at a cost where you you sell yourself, and in so doing, it's more about you than the values you're trying to teach then I think we'd probably agree that that's a mistake, that's an error. Nevertheless, as Ruby said, all leaders, they have a certain awareness of their skill set, of their capabilities. I mean, I, I can mention a couple of people. Obviously, we're using these as almost case studies. There's a number of you, as you both know, you know, I see as one of my great role models, Rabbi Sachs, who, who has harnessed uh, technology very much for the betterment of society. Uh, now, is it is it all about listen to me? I'm so great. It's saying I have things to say, and I think it would be beneficial uh, to to share that. And more than that, it would be a shame if I didn't. I'd be wronging you if I didn't share this gift with you. It, it, we, Chazal speak about people who have gifts, uh, gifts of song, right? Gifts of certain capabilities, and not harnessing them is itself an affront to the Creator. If a person is capable of sharing in a few moments in a video on Instagram an inspirational idea that can lift people, I'd say not doing that is itself almost offense to Kodesh Baruch presuming that platform doesn't uh, diminish and tarnish you to such an extent that it it's becomes more about you than the idea. And similarly, you know, within each of our respective endeavors and professions, I would say if we think we have something to give, to, to share, presuming we don't uh, sell ourselves for that purpose, then we should do so. We should also remain cautious and, as I mentioned before, have people to try and keep us in check because that's a it's a tricky thing to do it's a tricky thing to achieve okay Molly would you like to add something no I'll leave it there uh, all right I, I think um, the issue of aesthetics is something that we'll eventually come back to we have other topics we're going to discuss next week next week we promised last week we would talk about the topic of adopting mean hagin but we didn't we didn't get to it this week uh, but hopefully we'll get to it either next week or in the, in the coming weeks if you have other topics or ideas that you'd like us to address, please let us know. You can email us or Facebook us. We're, we're <laughs> apparently all over the internet. Uh, I, I want to thank my co-host, uh, Rob Johnny Salman, Robert E. Malibrowski, and Ruben Spolter. We're promoting our own names and our own brands by doing the podcast. I don't know what that means. Um, and, <laughs> and, uh, I want to thank my son. I haven't taken him in a while. My son's a podcast. All right, so have a great week, everyone.